This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans' only classic rock station. Good morning. John Osterland here with you. Read something interesting um, about how rocker Alice Cooper found an Andy Warhol painting in his in his house, and he he auctioned it off a couple of days ago. Coleman, did you did you see how much he, he, he got for that? Because the story went that Alice Cooper had this old Andy Warhol painting for a long time. And and he had all but forgotten that he owned an Andy Warhol silkscreen. Um, and evidently, Alice Cooper was was pretty good friends with the late actor Dennis Hopper, and uh, Dennis Hopper told them that he was selling some of his own Andy Warhols when they had lunch about a decade ago. And um, evidently, again, Alice Cooper forgot that he that he owned an Andy Warhol. And, and recently, I don't know if he was just going through things in his garage or, or whatever he was doing, um, he found his original Andy Warhol painting. You know, what, what, what's wild is... Uh, and, and Alice Cooper said that he never hung it up. You know, you would think if you had an original Andy Warhol painting, you you would you you would think you would you would hang it up inside your house. But evidently, Alice Cooper's offstage tastes and aesthetic uh, doesn't quite fit with with Andy Warhol original paintings. So, anyways. Alice, Alice, Alice Cooper realized that that he that he had this thing. He'd forgotten about it, and and I know he put it up for auction. Didn't they have an auction a couple of days ago? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say exactly how much it got, but it said it's estimated to be between two point five and four point five million. 
Well, it must be nice to uh, forget that you own something worth that much money. That goes to show you that art is subjective. This dude had a, a Andy Warhol picture, but he's so successful in his own right that he just put it in his garage. He didn't even care about it. He's like, all right, I'll take it. I'm guilty of that, too. I'm guilty of people buying me birthday gifts and Christmas gifts, and I don't know the value of it, so I just put it up somewhere and uh, forget about it. And people are like, did you ever use it or did you ever? I'm like, no. Like, oh, man, it was worth this. I'm like, I, I, I didn't know. This painting... Andy Warhol painted in 1964, and it's called Little Electric Chair. It's a silkscreen. Although, you know, a Little Electric Chair, that sounds perfect for Alice Cooper. I, I mean, that's for, probably why he, they gave it to him. Like, hey, this sounds like it could fit your personality. Yeah. That's Warhol's Death and Disaster series. It was kept in storage. For nearly 40 years before Alice uh, Cooper dug it out. And and his old friend who he had lunch with, Dennis Hopper, is is, is the is the reason why. And, and evidently the um the painting was in perfect shape. Because he never used it or he never hung it up. He forgot he had it. That painting did do a stint in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland there. I mentioned I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is so cool. It really is. And so um, that, that, that Andy Warhol original painting that was given to Alice Cooper about 40 years ago and then just stuck in storage uh it sold a couple of days ago at auction you have a lot of rock memorabilia in your house john you ever thought about auctioning some of it off just to see how much it would fetch i i don't i don't i don't think much of what i have would be worth huge money i big money i i mean it, it, the, the 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 small things i have um mean a lot to me because and and what I have mostly are um, a few platinum and gold records that that happen to have my name on them because I was the music director at a at a new rock station in Boston for upwards of a decade back in the nineties. That was WAF when we were, we were breaking help breaking all of these bands. A lot of them you hear now here on classic rock, um, but I mean. That they have my name on them, and um, you know, I've I have uh, I have something that that I really like. I, I've got it's blown up and framed when Guns N' Roses was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. I've got that autographed by uh, all the guys in Guns N' Roses, uh, except Izzy Stradlin, uh. and, and and he's on the cover. I've, I've always said if I could ever find him, I don't want to stalk him. But I, I got, I got to put a sharpie in my pocket and 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 take that, take that framed piece and 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 go find Izzy Stradlin. He, he's the, he's the last guy that needs to, that needs to sign it. But it's signed by the rest of the Guns N' Roses. Guys. But just go tweet him. Just say, hey, uh, can you sign this for me? Next time you're in New Orleans. Mm. I just thought it was cool that 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 Alice Cooper had an Andy Warhol painting. 
for, for 40 years that he just stashed in storage, and now he decided to uh, to take it out. Gene Simmons is selling. Uh, he has he, he owns a few houses. Gene Simmons from Kiss. Yeah, he's selling a couple of more of his houses. Um, it looks like some of these old rockers are, are, are starting to cash in. They're, they're thinking, hey, you know, not getting any younger. You, you use this cash. Yeah, they've been selling it publishing rights and everything these days. Well, the older musicians sell publishing rights because musicians don't make money like they used to make money selling selling albums, selling records, selling CDs and cassette tapes. They because of the internet, uh, they 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 don't make nearly the money that they used to make, and so that's why some of these legendary songwriters and musicians have been selling the rights to their songs for millions of dollars. That's a way that. They're cashing in as well. So, um, all right. Coming up on the show this morning. You know, Google says that more people are are Googling the 90s decade more than any other decade recently. And um, some people were wondering why. But I've got, I've got a a cool list of, of, of reasons why well, people love the 90s. It's hard to believe it was so long ago, the 90s. Uh, stay tuned for that. We uh, and, and Louisiana lifted its mask mandate yesterday. That, that goes into effect today. Not New Orleans yet, though. New Orleans is still uh, doing doing its own thing and, and, and checking numbers. I can't wait till they that the city gets rid of that damn... Damn man, mandate. Hang out with us. A lot to get to on the show this morning. Here on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. Good morning, J.O. here. So this past Sunday, Tony Romo who is the lead number one color commentator when it comes to football broadcasters uh, for CBS. Tony Romo. And, you know, he's been, he's been doing really well with that. He's, he's good. If, if you listen to, uh, if you listen to Tony Romo for the, for the most part, He's uh, 
He's good. He's he's a guy that had no broadcasting experience, and and they just when, when he retired from the NFL because um, because of injury. CBS just signed him to a contract. They 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 put him in the broadcast booth, and uh, he he's done really well. As a matter of fact, he did so well that he signed a contract that was much bigger than his his broadcast partner Jim Nance, who does the play by play and has been at CBS for decades. And then Jim Nance wasn't happy about that. Jim Nance wanted more money after after they after they gave Tony Romo more money than they gave him. Of course he did at, at CBS. But uh, Tony Romo does a good job in the broadcast booth as as color analyst. But he said something this past Sunday during a game that has uh, got him under fire. From uh, the Twitter mob, he was he was calling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blowout over over the Chicago Bears, and when Tom Brady threw his 600th career touchdown pass, and we've talked about that on this show uh, on Monday. And even a little bit yesterday, because of what happened after that 600, uh, 600th touchdown pass, he threw it to Tampa Bay wide receiver Mike Evans, who then ran to the crowd behind the end zone and gave the ball to a fan. But Evans didn't realize that was a historic ball he just gave away because no human being in the history of human beings has ever thrown 600 touchdown passes in the NFL. And by the way, Tom Brady, those are just regular season touchdown passes. In the postseason, in the playoffs, and Super Bowls, Tom Brady has another 84 touchdown passes. So he's moving in on 700 total. Yeah, but isn't every ball, every touchdown ball that he throws at this point is his story because nobody's ever done it before, no matter what the number is? I wonder why we focus so much on the whole numbers, like 600. Like round seven. numbers. Round, yeah. num- round numbers. It are, just sounds better, but easy. every ball he throws from this point on is still more balls than anybody has ever thrown in history of the NFL. Yeah, there's a lot of people like me that aren't great in math, and so the round number is much, much easier. But anyways... So on Sunday, Tom Brady throws his 600th career touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Mike Evans gives it to a fan, and then they realize, oh, you got to go get that ball back. And then Tampa Bay Buccaneers sent uh, someone who works for them over to the stands and negotiated. And at first, all the fan got was $1,000 to spend in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team store. But that has since gone up. He not only has gotten that, he he got uh, a couple of Tom Brady autographed jerseys. He got an autographed Mike Evans jersey, the wide receiver, and he got the cleats Mike Evans were, was wearing the, the, when he caught the ball. The game ward cleats. Ugh. He also got he also got a, a I think a, a, a helmet. Um, and then Tom Brady gave him a Bitcoin, which from what I understand. 
on Monday was worth $63,000, but I, but I think it went down to in its value to $54,000 on Tuesday. I guess it goes up and down like the stock market. I have no idea how Bitcoin works. So um, that, that fan ended up making out, and he got season tickets, two of them, for the Buccaneers for the rest of this year and all of next year. So um, because Tom Brady wanted that ball back, and he, and he wanted to put that in his collection. Well, while while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers employee was negotiating with the fan, because the camera was right there showing it, Tony Romo said, uh, how about trading the ball back for a date with his wife, Giselle Bunchton? Ooh. The supermodel. Um, and, he, and evidently, he said it a couple of times um, as a Tampa Bay staffer negotiated with the fan. Tony Romo pretended to narrate the exchange on the broadcast. A date with Giselle. A date with Giselle, and I'm in, Romo said, acting as the fan. <laughs> okay, Tom, we'll do it. One time. You got it, Romo continued pretending to voice the Buccaneers official. <laughs> so that, so, so, so I, some people heard that, went right to social media, went right to Twitter, and, and they said, how dare you, Tony Romo? You know, you, you can't trade you know, a date with a man's wife for a football. And, and all he was doing, Tony Romo, was having a little bit of fun. Clearly. Um. Clearly, he was having fun, and I found it to be hilarious. That was funny. Well, a, a, a few of the tweets are here, uh, Coleman. Uh, one one person tweeted, Tony, Ro- Tony Romo suggesting Brady trade a date with his wife for his 600th touchdown ball is just weird slash borderline creepy. Dude is a good broadcaster, but so awkward sometime. I don't think what Romo said was funny. It was tasteless, but that's just me, another fan tweeted. More fans continued to call out Tony Romo along with his boss, CBS, for airing the commentary. Why do we need to listen to Tony Romo fantasize about trading a football for a day with Giselle? What does Mr. Romo presume would happen with Giselle during that day? She has been traded like property for a football, one person tweeted. You know what the problem is with these tweets? They're assuming that Tom, that Tony Romo meant it. Like, like this is something that he would actually want the uh, negotiations to, to the no, negotiator to suggest. These people actually believe that Tony Romo, in some way, shape, or form, thought that this could come into fruition when everybody with any sort of intelligence knows he was just gagging around. It was a joke. It was it was it was slow. They, the camera was on him. He's a, he's in a broadcast booth. They're trying to make it entertaining. He just come spewing off the top of his head, you know. And I would I would love to challenge these people who like to criticize commentators, who like to criticize broadcasters for saying something they don't like. You try being a broadcaster for and and try to fill up time for so many hours and keep it entertaining, keep it lighthearted, you know, uh, keep the the crowd into it. And, and not say nothing kind of boneheaded, it's just stupid every now and then. But, and, that, and that's, it, it was a joke. And look, Tony Romo has a really, really, really good-looking 
wife. I would assume most football players do, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's hot like Giselle Bunchton is hot. And so, so I'm sure Tony Romo would never trade his own wife for a football. But would he uh, care? At least a date, one one date with with his wife for for a football. But he think Tony Romo would care if somebody joked about somebody trading his wife for a football? No, probably not. See, that's exactly my point. And I don't think Tom Brady really cared about this. No, when you have yeah. a hot wife, you expect that kind of behavior from other people. It's like if you know you're dating a supermodel, you know other people are going to talk about your supermodel wife, right? I mean, Tom Brady is married to one of the most beautiful women on the planet. So, but, but this is where we're at in 2021, where it seemingly we used to be able to joke about things, and 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 now you know, oh, how dare you! You you like she's some piece of property. Somebody else tweeted, like a piece of property. Yeah, l- l- let me let me trade my wife for a day, uh, for for a football, and and that's how some people on on Twitter were, and. Um, but again, we never heard anything uh, n- negative from Tom Brady. And um, have you ever seen an NFL quarterback with a not so attractive wife? I'm trying to think. I'm, I, I can't to, think of any. Not off the top of my head. No. Well, anyways. All right. Uh, coming up on the show. The Saints got a little bit of bad news yesterday. And they're doing something in another state that I wish they would do here in the city of New Orleans. That's going to be this morning's Big O. I'm going to tell you what that is uh, coming up. We have a lot to get to on the show this morning. Hang out with us here on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. So... According to the Census Bureau, there is a growing Kurdish community in Wisconsin. They're known as cheese curds. On Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only, classic rock station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only, classic rock station. Good morning, I'm John Osterlind. Yesterday, here in the state of Louisiana, our governor... John Taco Bell Edwards lifted the statewide mask mandate. He had a uh, press conference yesterday afternoon, and he said starting today, uh, no more mask mandate in the state of Louisiana because our coronavirus numbers are looking good. But he did keep the mask mandate in place for school children, kindergartners through 12th graders. Now, schools are allowed to opt out of the mask mandate if they follow the CDC, uh, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, their quarantine policy. And I have... uh, I saw some of my Facebook friends who have children uh, in schools, uh, some in uh, Catholic schools. They they posted 
letters that they got from their Catholic schools late yesterday afternoon, early last night, that said our school will not mandate that uh, children wear masks. We will not make children wear masks. So if your uh, children are coming to school here uh, tomorrow, uh, they, they don't have to wear masks. So I've seen, I've already seen some schools and school districts uh, do, do that. So that's good news for the state of Louisiana. Um, although, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Coleman over here while I'm, while I'm talking about this. And he lives on the West Bank. And, and Coleman says that uh, hardly anybody wear ma- wears masks over there anyways. And so, so this is no big deal for you. Funny story. <clears throat> so yesterday when I was scrolling through my Facebook feed while sitting on the throne, I saw, you know, the big graphic of uh, John Bell Edwards saying, hey, the mask, mate, the mask mandate has been lifted. And I said, wait, there was a mask mandate? <laughs> I, did, I didn't even realize that there was a state mask mandate because I've literally, everywhere I've been going, it's like nothing, like there's no coronavirus. Yeah, you, you said that, uh, you said that a, a, a few times uh, on the show, how uh, where you live on the West Bank, every place you go, there's, uh, you, you, your life hasn't changed. No, See, not at all. Here in the city of New Orleans, where I live, it's it's been a lockdown. I mean, an absolute lockdown. You can't go in anywhere with, without a a mask, b your vaccination card, or a negative COVID test in the last seventy two hours. You you we're locked down here in the city. Yet you leave the city of New Orleans. It's as if life has been normal. Well, it depends on how you live your life in New Orleans, too, because I've been to Bourbon Street a few times, and once again, like nothing ever happened. I guess it's just, I'm just lucky. Nobody ever stopped and asked me for my mask. Nobody ever stopped and asked me for a card. I just went to Bourbon Street this weekend and got a, a hand grenade in the shot of Jaeger, and it was just like nothing. So you walked into a bar yep. on Bourbon Street, yep. and you didn't have a mask on? Nope. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you see, what I've noticed is some places really, really do enforce this lockdown. And then there are other places that don't. I've gone to both. Uh, it kind of depends on where you go and how cool they are. So, Meanwhile, even though the, the governor uh, lifted the mask mandate for the state of Louisiana yesterday, here in the city of New Orleans, we still have it. They, they oh. I know it sucks. They they want to uh, they they want to see the coronavirus numbers after the crew of Boo Halloween parade last weekend, and that's still going to take a few more days. Um, I, I want it. I want it over. I want to be able to go to the places that I've always normally gone to to go eat lunch, and I, I can't because there there are some restaurants here in New Orleans. Uh, that will not let people in. They'll, they'll keep their drive-through open. They'll let they'll let people uh, do that, but because they don't have employees inside that they want checking people's vaccination cards, they um they they haven't opened their dining rooms. Their dining rooms have been closed for a while, and it and and it stinks. I just want life to get back to. 
to the way it was. Well, all you have to do is move to Jefferson Parish. <laughs> Be like nothing ever happened. You know, out in California, In-N-Out Burger, which is a fantastic burger. It'd be great if they came to uh, New Orleans or Louisiana, but the problem is they they're they're out west because their beef, their cows are out west, and they want to keep everything fresh. They freeze no meat at In-N-Out Burger, um, but In-N-Out Burger in California, uh, they they said, you know, our workers, you know, we're we're not healthcare workers. We're not here to check on people's vaccination cards. So uh, a few In-N-Out Burgers were shut down hmm. by the state of California. They were only allowed to keep their drive-through open because they didn't want their employees having to check the vaccination cards or the the negative COVID tests from the last 72 hours. So um you know this is happening all over the place, but 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 good news yesterday as our governor John Taco Bell Edwards he lifted the mask mandate that I didn't even know existed. And now it's, uh, again, it's still in place for the kids, students in school, kindergarten through through 12th grade, although it's up to their schools now. They, they, their school can, can say, you don't have to wear the masks if you don't want. And I can't wait until they say that here in the city of New Orleans. But during this whole thing, the city of New Orleans has always been a little bit behind the state of Louisiana. Just uh um, and I wonder if the, if the, if this means the mayor Lataxa Cantrell thinks the residents of of this city, which I am one, thinks we're stupid. I don't think that. I think that she just likes the power and the control to be able to say uh, what can and can't lock down what phases they in. I think she just she doesn't want to relinquish that. All right, coming up on the show. Something just happened in the state of Florida that made news that I wish would happen here in the city of New Orleans. I'm going to tell you what that is next in this morning's Big O segment here on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans' only classic rock station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans' only classic rock station. Good morning, John Osterland here. And since it's a few minutes after 7, it's time for this morning's Big O. The Big O is something I always want to get your take on. And yesterday, in the state of Florida, their governor, Ron DeSantis, offered $5,000 bonuses for police officers to relocate to Florida. Cha-ching. The the state of Florida needs cops. So he said, "Look, if if, if you want to be a police officer anywhere in the state of Florida, you move here, and um, if you become a police officer." We will we will give you five thousand dollars just to to start. The reason I brought that up is because here in the city of New Orleans, we've been 
now it's over 500 police officers short of a full police force for upwards of a decade now. And that's all because of a federal consent decree. But the, the city has done nothing to try to get the police force full again. The police force whole again. And, I mean, just this past Saturday night, we had our first parade in over a year and a half, the Crew of Boo Halloween Parade, and um, they, they didn't have enough New Orleans police officers to work that parade. They, they had a, it, it, couldn't, it couldn't hit Canal Street like, like it normally does. Why is it that the, the state of Florida can get cops? Because think about it. $5,000. That's a... Um, that's, that's a pretty good incentive to, to, to go... I mean, th- think about any job. If there, if there was... If there was because... Our country right now, because of the pandemic, is short on workers all over the country. And and think about it, if 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 people in charge said, "Boy, we I I, I need employees. How, how am I going to get employees? I, I know I'll 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 give I'll give them five thousand dollars if they if they come and they 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 work for me. Wouldn't that fill up?" Their, their their businesses, you think most people w- would like to get a check for $5,000? What makes you think we have the money, though, John? Well, the city is always saying it's broke, Coleman. But, I mean, I mean, the city just got, I think, what did we, the city of New Orleans just got over $70 million from the federal government uh, for pandemic stuff. Okay. So so think about it over 70 million dollars you you would think uh you, you could throw some some people a few bucks to become police officers and and Coleman this has been a an issue in this city for for a decade and no one in charge has done anything to replenish the New Orleans Police Department. They 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 haven't done any. I mean, they've done squad douche, nada, nothing. But when it comes to the money, like we couldn't even afford. Well, the city couldn't even afford fireworks on July fourth. Will Smith had to come in and fr- front the bill from that. So I mean, uh, I don't think we have the money like you think we do. Even though they got this whatever million dollars, probably going to some other stuff, you know, that we don't know about because we don't watch, we don't look at their books, but. Maybe they're strapped for cash. And then you have to think about who really wants to be a cop in New Orleans. I know I wouldn't want that type of job, even if you gave me all the incentives in the world, because it is a dangerous job. Well, look, you you, you and I never n- never wanted to be police officers. I was for a little while, for like two years, and I couldn't do it. Too there, much discipline involved. There's a lot of people in our country who who would would love to be a cop. I mean, I mean, I, I, I know, a, a, I, 
know a lot of guys who would love to have that power, to, to have that authority. And I know police officers don't make a lot of money. I mean, they can. I mean, I mean, their starting salary. What is it? Forty, fifty grand a year. But then they can, they, they can, they can work extra shifts at places that that they can, that they can say, uh, you know, a couple nights a week. I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the go to this grocery store or, or, or go go over here to this place and, and make some extra cash. Yeah, but at the same time, what about their morale? Because uh, for the crew of boo, they had an opportunity to make extra cash, but not too many cops signed no, up. They, to didn't, work. they didn't sign up. So once again, you have to think about morale. You have to think about the incentives that they want. You have to think about who really wants to be a cop. There's so many, so many factors involved about why we're short on police officers that goes more beyond how much money they make. And, and again, I, I know cops don't make that, that much money, but what they do make, what they, what they do get, if they if they are on the job for twenty years and they retire, they get retirement, and that's something right now, Coleman. You and I, we we don't we're not going to get retirement, and 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 that's a that's a that's a nice paycheck when you when you're done working. That, that, that there's money that's that's coming in. There, there's there's a lot of cops who become cops. For that reason, because they, they they know that they will have money coming in when they retire. But I just, I think, Coleman, the, the leaders in New Orleans, and again, this has been going on for a decade, we've been this short on cops. They need to, 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 to do whatever it takes to get a full police force. Because because right now, they're so short on cops in New Orleans that if you get carjacked, you're wasting your time if you call the New Orleans police. Because they'll tell you, we don't, we, we, we don't have anybody to come help you um, with, your, with your stolen vehicle. The, they, that's happened time and time and time and time again. We've done stories on that. I remember that one story we did. Guy left his cell phone in the car. He says, he called the cops. Someone just stole my car. I know exactly where it is because my cell phone is in it and it's got the GPS. And Cops never, never, never came to him. We just, we, we just do not have, have enough people. And, and that's, that, that is not fair. That is not right for the people who live in the city of New Orleans. It, it's just, it's wrong. And then we've also done stories, John, where the cops are afraid to be cops because their hands are tied. They can't really be police officers in the full capacity because they get in trouble these days for any little thing that the public can view as, you know, uh, oh, that's that's brutality or that's this or that's or that's abuse of power and things of that nature. So most cops are like, you know, I would want to do this, but uh, if I do, I may get in trouble for crossing a certain line. But I, I never remember in my life up until now, the last few years, where where you can't find enough cops to work in a city. The, you just can't. And I saw what they're doing in, in the state of Florida, and, and boy, $5,000 in cash? 
I, th- I think that would go a long way to to get the New Orleans Police Department to the numbers that they need to be at. Their goal is to have 1,600 cops. I think we're under 1,100 now. So we're not even close to having a a, a full police force. And um, and yeah, the, the, some of the reasons you gave Coleman, you know, the the, the morale isn't great. Um, you know, you go back a you go back a year. Or, or so, a year or two, and 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 you look at how police officers are, are are being treated by many people in this country. Not good. But I I've never seen this in any other city. I've I've never seen this anywhere else in the United States, where we are so many cops short, and we are unable. To, uh, to to get to the number of, of police officers that, that we need. That's only here in New Orleans. I, I don't see that anywhere else in the United States. Um, if, if you're listening right now, what does the city of New Orleans have to do to get a full police force? I mean, would, would paying people $5,000 even before they start that that would have to help, wouldn't it? Uh, text us 504-260-9595. Keep your text short, one or two sentences. If it's good, we will read it coming up next on the show. And please never text while you're driving. What does the city of New Orleans have to do to get a full police force? And... Why is this only happening here in the city of New Orleans when it comes to cops? It doesn't happen anywhere else. And, and, and again, this, is, this has been going on for a decade now, and no one in charge has done a damn thing to help replenish the New Orleans police force. Uh, your text on that coming up next. We still got other things we got to get to. Hang out with us here on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only. Classic Rock Station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only Classic Rock Station. I've seen where um, a bunch of pumpkins have been stolen from pumpkin patches all over the country. As we get close to uh, Halloween, police hope to recover the pumpkins before they go under the knife to change their appearance. Hey, coming up next on the show, your texts on what the New Orleans, what the city of New Orleans needs to do to get a full police force. Just talking about how in Florida, the governor there has offered $5,000 to anybody that wants to relocate to Florida and become a cop there. Why why, why can't we do that here? Why have we been... Over 500 cops short of a full police force for a decade, and 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 n- nobody in leadership around here has done anything about that. It's a pretty big issue, isn't it? Your texts on that are next here on Bayou 95.7.
New Orleans only classic rock station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. Good morning, John Osterland with you. Hey, do you, uh, do you know how the Guinness Book of World Records started? The director of Guinness Breweries had an argument with someone back in 1951 over which game bird is faster, the golden plover or the red grouse. So these guys these guys got in an argument over that. And uh, the director of Guinness Breweries thought there should be a book to help settle arguments, bar arguments, so he created the Guinness Book of of world records by the way the faster bird is the golden plover that 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 game bird is faster than the red grouse but that's what happened an argument in 1951 led to the guinness book of world records if you're just joining us this morning's big o segment is about how in the state of florida their governor Ron DeSantis is offering five thousand dollars for people to relocate to the state of Florida and become cops. Uh, they obviously need police officers in, in different parts of the state of Florida. Well, we need police officers here in New Orleans. Again, for, for about 10 years, about a decade, we've been 500 cops short. We're, we're now more than 500 cops short. Um, they they want to have 1,600 cops on the New Orleans police force. Uh, they barely have 1,100 now. If if they if they do, and it's something that has been an issue in this city uh, again for at least the last 10 years because of a federal consent decree. But why haven't any of the leaders here in the city of New Orleans done anything? to help replenish the New Orleans police force. Um, boy, $5,000 would help, wouldn't it? Uh, and I asked you to text us your thoughts. Palmer says, the city slash state needs to be revitalized before it can uh, show any positive growth. Is systemic lethargy and complacency coupled with confusing, holding on traditions and heritage is stifling progress. Systemic lethargy. Wow. Every wording. This text. This text says the city of New Orleans needs better leaders. You can't expect very much when you're led by tax cheats and addicts. This text says the city can't pay for potholes and fix red lights. Tommy D says it's a nice incentive, but 5K isn't enough for me to relocate and leave my family and friends. This text says so you're short 500 police officers. At five thousand, that's two and a half million dollar bonuses. The mayor is not getting up off that money. I just mentioned, and, and I know the city of New Orleans. We we hear it all the time. Is broke, especially uh, into this pandemic. Uh, they weren't getting the the tax money, nearly the tax money that they that they were getting. But they've always said they were broke. We just got, I think, 70-something million dollars from the federal government because of the pandemic. Uh, we've always got our hands out collecting money 
from 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 the federal government here in this country. Don't you think we could use some of that money to? That money's probably already gone. This text says, John, nobody wants to work for the NOPD because they have no backing from the top brass. The NOPD is hiring civil employees to hold enforcement positions. Hmm. This text says, the problems with the police starts from the top. The mayor, the, uh, the mayor, my NOPD friends say morale is down because the last two mayors were being too involved in the going in the going zones of law enforcement and not leaving it up to the police to do the police work. Mark Emanuel says, pay is important, but complete support from the mayor, the council, and the, DA, and the DA's office that aggressively prosecutes criminals is a key factor, too. And they don't have that right now with the uh, district attorney. I mean, he, he's not prosecuting uh, 50% of uh, the, 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 the people arrested by the New Orleans po- police. I, I know that. And, and look, and I, and I, know, I know cops... And, I, and if you're just joining us, we, 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 we said this when we started this morning's Big O segment. I know they don't make a lot of money, but what they, what they do make is retirement. You, you, you hold the job for 20 years, then, then you, get, you get a paycheck for the rest of your life until you die. Um, so, so that's why they, they, they don't get a, a, a huge salary, they get enough to live on, and and they they get retirement. This text says, uh, "The country is not short on workers; it's short on businesses paying a decent wage." All right. And this last text says, "You should look up Chicago's police situation. It's way worse." Well, I I know that um, I I know there's a bunch of cops in Chicago that that are are leaving because. Uh, they, they don't want to get vaccinated. I I know that, but I don't I don't think the Chicago police force is in worse shape when it comes to manpower than the New Orleans police force. So, but but you would think that would be a priority to get a to get a a full police force. But again, a long time has gone by, and and, and none of the leaders here have even have done anything. To, to try to get the New Orleans police force where it needs to be. All right, coming up on the show, I still got the dumbest thing I read all morning. And and coming up next, this was interesting. Google just announced that the 90s are the most searched decade lately. When people go to Google. And people Google things when people Google decades. Um, why is that? Well, I've got I've got some reasons why people love the '90s. That's coming up next here on Bayou ninety five point seven, New Orleans only classic rock station. Bayou ninety five point seven, New Orleans only classic rock station. Good morning, John Osterland, here with you. According to Google Trends, Americans are currently Googling the 1990s more than any other decade. You know why I find that funny? Because the 90s were so close to Google 
that you would think the people that would be Googling the 90s would have a memory of how the 90s were. You would think they want to Google something that they weren't around for, like the 50s or the 40s or the 30s. There's probably a lot of young Google users, Coleman, who are who are Googling the 1990s. And I love the 90s. And I, and I, and I think most, most Americans, most of America love the 90s. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought I, I, I had a blast. From what I remember, I, I had a blast in the 1990s. Um, and, and I've got a few reasons why we love the 1990s. Well, first and foremost, I mean, if you're a rock music fan, the rock and roll that came out of the 90s, especially the early 90s, early to mid 90s. I mean, we've been focusing on some albums here on our radio station that have just turned 30 years old because they came out in 1991. And we're talking about fantastic albums by Pearl Jam and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and... Metallica. Metallica. I mean, the the list is seemingly endless. So many fantastic rock albums came out right around the same time. All right. So what you got from the 90s, John? Um, All right. So here are a few reasons why we love the 90s, why I think that uh, Americans are Googling the 1990s more than any other decade. Um, Well, Columbia House offered 12 compact discs for a penny. I remember that. I remember that for magazine subscriptions. (laughs) Yeah, and then they keep sending you stuff forever. I think publishing clearinghouse is sort of like the same deal. But I remember... um, getting 12 CDs for a penny and thinking, man, yeah, I, I just scammed them. But then the, the next thing you know, every every other day you go to your mailbox and there's something else from Columbia House. and well, You, you got to buy this or you should buy that or, or I, buy that. Were the CDs censored version or they were like the real actual CDs that they, that they sent? Because I'd never done it. I remember the promotion, but I'd never gave them a penny for 12 CDs. Well, if it was the authentic compact disc, it would have the warning label yeah. on it from the uh, PMRC. <laughs> so, so that's one reason why we we love the '90s. I mean, who, who couldn't love twelve compact discs for a penny? Uh, another reason why we we love the '90s: Martin Scorsese made mobster movies. That were under six hours. <laughs> that, uh, later on in his life, he had a tough time doing. He, you got you, you got to keep him a little bit. Uh, that was brutal. A little bit shorter. I mean, I'm a big Martin Scorsese yeah. fan. He's he's probably my favorite. You know the way Martin Scorsese uses music in, in in his movies, especially rock music. He's a huge Rolling Stones fan. I mean, the the way when you hear. You're watching Goodfellas, and, and you and you hear all of a sudden Layla comes in. I, I mean, every time I hear that song to this day, I think of that scene in Goodfellas uh, when they started finding all of the all of the dead bodies. 
Yeah, I think I think Scorsese's last Netflix one was, was clocking in at around five something, five hours and something minutes. Mm. Here's another reason why uh, we love the 1990s. Um, thanks to grunge music, we could skip taking showers and call it trendy. <laughs> you know, that was the biggest difference between, well, the second biggest difference between the 80s rock and the 90s rock. You know, the 80s rock, they, they, the guys looked stupid they, they, with, the, with the makeup and the hair and the outfits. But you'd go to shows, me at least, in, in the late 80s, and my God, were the girls gorgeous, and, and they were clean, and they smelt clean. All of a sudden, once Nirvana makes it big and then Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and all those other bands, you'd go to shows like that. People just looked dirtier. They were, they were, they, they smelled dirtier. I mean, even the women, it's like, hey, ladies, you know, you don't have to look like him, too. You don't have to wear <laughs> flannel shirts. I think that one stuck around because we've been hearing about a lot of celebrities who brag about skipping showers and brag about not washing their kids' ass. You're right about that. Um, another reason why we uh, we love the 90s? Cultural appropriation wasn't a thing idiots could use to ruin the Beastie Boys. Because the Beastie Boys would have never been able to make it these days because people would have said that's cultural appropriation. Those are, those are white guys, uh, Jewish guys, who are stealing from from black guys. I'm going to have to disagree with that because isn't that rock and roll in general? Isn't the rumor, oh, white people got rock and roll from all the black people? But rock bands still made it big. And then even after the uh, the Beastie Boys, you still had your Eminems. You still had your Bubba Sparks. But you when know? rock and roll made it big, there was no such thing as cultural appropriation That's yet. True. It, it wasn't a thing that people said. You know, now, my God, I mean, a white person can't even take a picture with a with their hair braided. I know, man. You have to see these videos on YouTube where people finally see the BGs for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason why we love the '90s is that we could watch Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger in a movie without asking, "What's wrong with their face?" I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, Ray Zellweger does not look like she always used to look. And and I just saw a picture of Tom Cruise at a baseball playoff game. You talk about uh, his whole face being puffed out. Well, that's happens when you have too many calories in Botox. Um, another reason why we we love the '90s is that. Um, we spent half of that decade without ever hearing the name Kardashian. You know, you had an advantage over me in the 90s because you were an adult in the 90s and I wasn't. So I couldn't really get, like, even though I love the 90s, I love it for different reasons, like not being, like not having to pay bills because I was still staying at my mom's house, having certain freedoms. But I would have loved to have been in the 90s and be a grown-ass man with my own money and enjoying life. 
It was a good time. It, it, it was a real good time. And uh, finally, another reason why we, we love the 90s and, and a reason why, according to Google Trends, Americans are currently Googling the 1990s more than any other decade. It wasn't so cringy when Madonna got naked. Is it cringy now, though? I mean, if she wants to get naked. Dude, these celebrities look good for their age. You can't lie, John. If, if Madonna wants to get naked right now, I'd, I'd probably take a peek. That is one thing that's better about the uh, 2020s than the 1990s, is that older people definitely don't look as old now like they did in the 90s. And the cool thing about it, you know, for those who either miss the 90s or want to know more about the 90s, if we wait about 70 more years, it'll be the 90s again, so just hang in there. So those are some reasons why we love the 90s here on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. Hey, you see what house is on the market? You see what house is for sale? But there's one catch. If you like the movie Nightmare on Elm Street, that house is for sale. But it's not it's not at 1428 Elm Street in the state of Ohio like it is in the movie. It's really in a in a part of Los Angeles. It's on North Genesee Avenue in Los Angeles. It's a three-bedroom house got three and a half bathrooms and it's on sale right now for 3.25 million dollars i mean if you think that if you think that's expensive it is but this is los angeles it is a it is a decent neighborhood it's it's, and uh you know i've been there i've been by that house before is it on elm street uh no it's north genesee avenue (laughs) i wonder how many people that were interested in the house are going to have buyer's remorse because it wasn't in Ohio like it, they thought it was. Like, I would love to live in that house in Ohio, in the middle of nowhere, to come to find out it's in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this house isn't that far from the Happy Days house, from that TV show. And that was supposed to be somewhere up north, but that was uh, that, that was in Los Angeles, too. So many of the television and movie houses are in Los Angeles. Um, but, yeah, it's for sale. But there's 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 one catch, you've you've got to buy it by Halloween before Halloween's over. Yeah, that's creepy. You have until Halloween to buy it. So, um, would you live in a, uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street house? I'd live in that house because that's a movie. It, <laughs> there's a difference between that. And a real-life horror house. The Conjuring House. Where, yeah, where people have been really killed inside those homes. I, I wouldn't want to live in those homes. But to be honest with you, if I had if I had an extra $3.25 million, I'd buy the Nightmare on Elm Street house in Los Angeles. But here's what you do. After you buy it, you make it a tourist attraction. See, that way you, can, you get that money back. You just have people come over and they get to see your house for about $20, $30 or something like that and have a, put a gift shop in the garage. Yeah, it's not just a home. It's an it's an income opportunity. Yeah, there you go. Well, anyways, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if that house sells 
on or by Halloween. Coming up next, it's the dumbest thing I read all morning, and I, I, I couldn't believe this. This is so dumb that it explains why this story happened in the first place. That's how dumb this person is. You'll hear it next on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans only classic rock station. Good morning, J.O. here with you. And it's that time of our show where I tell you the dumbest thing I read all morning. Coleman, I, I know we do this segment every day on our show. Some days are dumber than others. I, this may be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Okay. And that's saying something. Hiker lost on mountain for 24 hours, ignored phone calls from rescuers because he didn't recognize their phone number. Now, I have said several times on this show, the one thing I... I love about cell phones is you can see who's calling you. So right. you don't have to answer the phone. The thing I don't like about cell phones, I miss the days when I could get in my car and just drive away from either the house or the office and just drive and nobody could ever get in touch with you. And it would be normal because they figured out his, he's probably at work or maybe he'll call me back tomorrow. Nobody wanted that immediate response. Like, text me back right now or call me. Why aren't you answering your phone? Yeah, the one, the, the but the, the one thing I love about cell phones is that when it when it when it rings or it makes that noise, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. that someone is calling me, and I look at it, I know who. And if I don't recognize the number, they can always leave a message at voicemail, and then if it's important, I'll, I'll hear it. But this guy was lost. In the mountains. He's a hiker. He was lost for 24 hours. And he still ignored the phone calls coming onto his cell phone because he didn't recognize the phone number. It didn't sound like he was lost to me. It sounded like he was enjoying himself. The hiker was reported missing last week after uh, never returned from a, a, a trek on... Mount Ebert in Colorado. By the way, that's the highest uh, summit of the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, I hear everybody in Colorado is pretty high. Smoke weed every day. After an unsuccessful search of an area where hikers typically get lost, rescue crews learned that the lost individual um, had returned to their place of lodging. So they were out looking for him, and he, he, he found his way back. But it says here in the report of the incident, one notable takeaway is that the subject ignored repeated phone calls from us because they didn't recognize the number. See, that leads me to believe, once again, he didn't feel like he was in any trouble. Because if you were in real-life trouble and you were scared and you were panicking, you would answer any phone number that went through. And the fact that they can call him means that he could have called out 
That means if he was okay, he can call out and say, hey, guys, I'm all right. But he just ignored the phone altogether. He, his phone was working, so he didn't think to call anybody to let people know that he was okay. So I'm assuming in his brain he thought everything was fine. The hiker claimed got lost when it got dark and that uh, he finally reached the car the next morning. <laughs> so you know, you know, he did stay out all all night in the in the hills. Um, but imagine your phone is ringing. You're you're you stayed overnight. So at some point late at night, your your phone's ringing, and you don't recognize the number, and you decide because of that reason I'm not answering the phone, even though I'm I'm in the mountains here and it's the middle of the night. That's how much people are afraid of scam callers. Imagine you, you just got shot. You just got robbed or your house is on fire and somebody's calling you. Be like, no, nah, I don't feel like talking to these people. <laughs> it might be somebody asking for my extended warranty. I'll just bleed out. That's hilarious. Yeah, this is, uh, I've never seen anything like this before. This hiker was lost on a mountain for around 24 hours. He still had some battery power in his cell phone, and uh, he he wouldn't wouldn't answer wouldn't answer the phone, and and you know the the rescuers are saying, please for God's sake, answer your phone if you're if you're lost in the mountains while you're taking a hike. Yeah, they should be able to ping the phone though, like ping their location and use the GPS. <laughs> well, I'm glad everybody's all right. The, except for the uh, the rescuers are pissed, but but other than that, um, boy, you you would think you would have thought that this this hiker would have would have pushed except the first second that phone rang, even though he didn't know the number because he there he is in the in the in the in the mountains and he didn't know didn't know where he was. Anyways, the hiker who was lost on a mountain for twenty four hours. And ignored phone calls from rescuers because he didn't recognize the phone number. That's the dumbest thing I read all morning. There are levels of dumbness in 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 this segment, and this this went to a level that we we, we don't reach very often. Well, at least he didn't search for himself like that one guy that got drunk in the woods and joined his own search party to look for himself. That's right. That I remember. I hear on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans' only classic rock station. Bayou 95.7, New Orleans' only classic rock station. Do you know it's the commercial free ride? Just started. It's right now. Right now is the commercial free ride. Here on Bayou 95.7, New Orleans' only classic rock station. 